The Inning Stretch is proudly presented by Printer Dudes. Printer Dudes is your one-stop shop for unique 3D printed gifts and collectibles. From ducks to dinosaurs and everything in between, Printer Dudes has it all. Head on over to printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, to save 10% off your first order. That's Printer Dudes, D-O-O-D-S, the best 3D printed collectibles this side of home plate. Hey everybody, welcome into the 8th inning stretch. I'm AJ, joined as always by my co-host with the most, Carson. Uh, Carson, I don't know what the weather is doing there in Minnesota today, but it is cold, gray, cloudy, and snowy here in the great state of Colorado. What's up, AJ? What's up, everybody? Yeah, the weather here is... um, It's windy. Like, temps are still in the mid-60s, but with that wind, it's making it a little bit cooler. Skies are gray, and um, can you guys just keep that snow with you for a few months? That would be great. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, Yeah, no promises. Ooh, man, I don't know. Feels like winter. Um, But it's it's not winter yet, ladies and gentlemen, because... Uh, baseball is still going. Um, the World Series is still going, so it's not. Uh, I'm not ready to declare it winter until the World Series is over. Um, although we're obviously playing a little bit later this year because of uh the uh labor dispute and all that fun stuff last spring. So, Um, Anyways, lots and lots and lots to get to, so let's dive right in. Let's start with our poll results. Uh, We decided to have a little fun and ask you guys. um, So on the last episode, we talked about Rob Manfred uh, basically said that he doesn't think the Oakland A's are going to get a stadium and they're probably going to move to Vegas. So we thought we'd have a little fun and ask you guys what you thought about a possible name for for a Las Vegas team. Um. 50% 50% of you went with something alien slash Area 51 themed. Of course, the uh, Vegas used to have the Las Vegas 51s before they changed their name to the Aviators, which got 25% of the vote, and then Other uh, got 25% of the vote. Uh, Carson, I, I think I left maybe left an option off this. Um, maybe something, you know... Maybe a, a Vegas MLB team should lean into the whole gambling thing, um, a la the Las Vegas Aces of the WNBA. Yeah, I think I think if you're gonna give give it some sort of name, I think it'd have to be some sort of gambling thing. Um, what exactly that would be, I'm not quite sure. But I mean, then again, their hockey team is also called the Golden Knights. So Golden Knights. Yeah. Um, which I still don't like, but, uh, that's another conversation for another time. I don't know though. I think, I think if it were up to me, I think I'd go, I, I mean, I would hate to take aviators away from the team that's already there, but chances are that team would end up moving anyway. So, um, I think I'd, I think I'd probably go aviators. Yeah. I mean, it's. Aviators is is a very solid name for a baseball team. I think it would fit good for 
for Vegas. I mean, apparently it's already worked out pretty well with the aviators already being there, but I don't know. I guess we'll we'll just have to to wait and see once once that happens. I guess it's still an if that happens as far as them moving to Vegas. Yeah. Uh yes, disclaimer, this is all just reckless speculation um from us uh because you know obviously nothing is you know there's no there's no imminent move you know the oakland the oakland a's aren't leaving oakland you know at least for the foreseeable future there's no deal in place or anything um but if they do i think aviators is a pretty legit name of course that's a reference to uh aviation pioneer howard hughes so um pretty cool in it Sounds a heck of a lot more professional than Golden Knights. Um, anyways, uh, in case you didn't notice, there's a World Series going on. A uh, couple of games have happened since we last talked to you guys. Uh, game three, Carson, the Phillies just came out and absolutely, uh, from, from, from the get-go, they came out and just absolutely crushed the ball. They hit five homers, uh, won the game seven nothing. Um, Suarez dazzled, McCullers fizzled, and it it kind of looked like McCullers might have been tipping his pitches because uh, the Phillies were just were just all over his uh, his breaking ball. Yeah, I think I think he was absolutely absolutely tipping his pitches if you if you look at some of the some of the videos and the pictures that that have been posted on social media kind of comparing things there's you know whether it's his it's something in his mechanisms but i think it's it's more evident in the position that he kicks his leg up as he starts his delivery um other people also pointed out the way his glove was slanted was also indicative of which pitch it was um, but just as a side note, hey Astros, that's how you steal signs without cheating. Just for the record. Yeah, that's how you steal signs the legal way. Um <laughs> that's how signs have been stolen uh for as long as baseball's been around, pretty much. Um Yeah, I noticed I don't know if you you probably caught this, but I noticed uh, after Bryce Harper hit his home run that put the Phillies up to nothing. Um, I don't remember. Was it was it Bohm that was on the on his way to the plate? Yeah, he was and, in the on deck circle. Yeah, and Harper Harper kind of called him over like, "Hey, come here!" And I mean, I'm assuming that's what Harper was telling him was, "Hey." You know, he's kicking his leg higher on breaking balls or his gloves at a different angle or anything. Um, I mean, naturally, uh, none of the Phillies and none of the Astros would, you know, admit that, uh, you know, Dusty Baker just flat out denied that McCullers was tipping his pitches. But, I mean, come on. The guy gives up five home runs. I mean, something had to be... um, but hey, I think I think we probably agree. You know, good on the Phillies for picking up on it and taking advantage of it. 
yeah, again, this is how you do it the legal way, the the way that it's been done for literally eons. Um, but yeah, going back to the Bryce Harper thing, um, the the video or I put my amateur lip reading skills to the test once again. Um, but I at one nice. point as he was walking over trying to get Bohm's attention because it was. It was, you know, he called for him a couple times and then he came closer to the on-deck circle, found one of the coaches, and it looked like he said, I may have something. So it sounds like that's exactly what he was doing, was trying to call Alec Bohm over and being like, hey, like, watch, watch his legs, watch his glove. That's how you're going to be able to tell pretty quickly which one's a fastball and which one's a breaking ball. And if I remember correctly... Alec Bohm on that at bat after his conversation with Bryce Harper proceeded to hit a home run of his own. Hit a home run. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Um, because he, you know, thanks to, thanks to Bryce Harper's, uh, you know, thanks to Bryce Harper and picking up on, on McCullers, um, whatever his tell was. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you mentioned the thing about, hey, Astros, you know, this is how you do it legally. But, Carson, I I, I have absolutely no problem with this. Um, this is great. This is great strategy and, and gamesmanship by the Phillies. Um, I saw, saw and heard some people reacting, surprise, surprise, mostly Astros fans, uh, you know, were a little cranky about this. But I... Hey, that, I have I have zero problem with this. No, and I mean sign stealing like this has been has been going on in baseball for years and years. Like we've seen examples of it yep. even this year. Like, yeah, like I don't I don't get why all of a sudden now Astros fans want to want to be like, oh, this is this isn't the way it should should be. Take take a look in the mirror is all I have to say to that. Yeah, seriously. And of course, you know, Major League Baseball has cracked down on uh, the kind of sign stealing that the Astros were doing with uh, by by instituting the pitch comm system. So that, you know, um, yeah, anyone who's complaining about the Philly stealing signs, just just stop. Stop embarrassing yourselves. It's impossible to, quote unquote, steal signs now with pitch comm. Um, I don't know. Maybe Astros fans are just maybe Astros fans are pissed, you know. Maybe they're maybe they're cranky that you know their team got caught actually breaking the rules, and uh, they're cranky about the you know something something about the shoe on the other foot. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't feel so good when it's when it's happening to you instead of you being the one doing it. Um, but again. You know, as much as we do pile on Astros fans, I do want to, you know, put out there there were Astros fans that were very much against this. Um, I, I want to say a majority of them were um, against the sign stealing scandal. So just wanted to put that out mm. there for the record. Yeah. Yeah. I there. Yeah. That's that's fair. I mean, there are uh, not all Astros fans are a holes. Um, there are some good ones. So, I mean, talk about night and day. Uh, Suarez for the Phillies, Carson, goes out and, and, you know, absolutely dealing. 
Uh, and McCullers just, you know, whether he was, you know, tipping his pitches or not, or whatever the heck was going on, uh, he just absolutely got his butt handed to him. Um, this was, this was, um, this was huge. This was huge for the Phillies. I mean, they, they lost game four. We'll get to that in a second, but this was, this was big. This was, this was huge for the Phillies. This is a, this was a really nice bounce back game for them after, uh, after losing, after losing game two. And let's not forget game. This game three was postponed by a day because of the rain. By the way, MLB actually, you know, they got it right this time. Um, they learned from their mistake with the with the Guardians and the Yankees game. Um, but I think given what happened to this game and the five home runs and, and Suarez, and I would say the, the rain out benefited the Phillies more than the Astros. Yeah, I would say so. Um, I think it gave the Phillies a little bit more time to prepare. And maybe that was something that with McCullers they were looking at in film sessions. Maybe it was something that noticed then as mm. well, and it didn't become evident to us until this World Series game on, which obviously the World Series is on a national stage. So maybe that was just the thing that right. they already knew about, but we didn't really see until it got brought to our attention. Yeah, could be. Maybe McCullers has you know done this before this year. Um, all right, so the Phillies are riding high after Game Three. They, you know, they just they blow the doors off the Astros, seven nothing. Uh, they take a two one lead in the series, and then and then Game Four happens. Uh, the Astros pitching staff combines to shut them out, five nothing. Um, Carson, I don't know about you, but I don't ever remember seeing a team going go from. Absolutely scorching red hot in one game to completely ice cold the next, like the Phillies. Yeah, did. absolutely. Talk about night and day. My goodness. Um, I think, you know, Framber Valdez is, should be the ace of this team in the postseason. I truly think that that should be the case because, I mean, he went out and had an absolutely dominant game for um as the Astros like you said yeah. a combined combined no hitter that's not a, that's a very rare thing to happen um in the world series and m- my apologies it was actually Christian Javier who pitched last night not Framber Valdez I got my games mixed up but but uh, that that just goes to show too how good this Astros rotation is you could really say insert player name here is a very solid pitcher in the postseason, and it could apply to just about anybody except for Justin Verlander. Ugh, poor Justin Verlander. Um, can we just? <laughs> I've been seeing this combined no hitter crap all over all over the place today. Uh, can we just please? I'm I'm asking all of you. Can we just stop with this combined no hitter crap? A no-hitter is an individual achievement. Yes, I know technically it's a no-hitter, but call me call me uh call me old-fashioned, call me a baseball, you know, traditionalist or whatever. But I Carson, I just 
I don't think I don't think a quote unquote combined no hitter. Uh, I don't think it means the same, and I don't think it should be recorded as a no hitter. I mean, that's fair. Um, I think I land on the other side of the fence. Um, I think it still counts as a no hitter because even though a no hitter can be can be an individual thing, you know, as the old saying goes, there is no I in team. Um, you know, is it a bummer when a starting pitcher gets taken out of a no hitter and it goes to the bullpen? Absolutely. I don't think that that should be a thing anyway, but you know, if the no hitter ends up staying through the bullpen, you know, that's, that's still an impressive accomplishment and says a lot about not just the starting pitcher, but your overall pitching staff. Uh, I'm glad you said that about the starting pitcher being pulled because that reminded me of something about Lance McCullers. Um, at one point in game three, it was four, nothing. Uh, and Dusty Baker decided to leave McCullers in, and he ended up, you know, obviously giving up the seven. He gave up three more runs. I don't know. As a as an armchair manager, I'm sitting there and I'm going, "It's four nothing. The game is still, you know, I mean, obviously four nothing is being down four nothing isn't ideal, but the game's still sort of within reach at that point." Uh, if you're Dusty Baker, do you go to your bullpen at that point and say, okay, Lance, you know, you're not getting the job done tonight. They're knocking you around. You're tipping your pitches. Uh, you know, do you go to your, if, if you're Dusty Baker, do you go to your bullpen at that I point? I mean, I think the, I think it has to at the very least be discussed. Um, especially when, when a starting pitcher is getting knocked around like that, but Maybe Dusty was trying to see if he could bounce back, get his confidence back a little bit, um, because he could very likely pitch in this series again should it go to seven games. Um, so it might have just been a thing where he was trying to trying to help help him re- retrieve some of that confidence he might have lost, but that decision did end up backfiring big time. Yeah, because. Because to me, and and I get it, you know, you're trying to, you know, you leave the guy out there to see if he can work through it. But one, he gives up three more runs, which, I mean, I guess in the grand scheme of things didn't really matter because they ended up, you know, losing. The Astros didn't score any runs at all. They ended up losing the game anyways. But you mentioned that, you know, maybe McCullough's pitches again in the series now that this thing's guaranteed to go at least six games. Um, I get the trying to, you know, leave him out there and see if he can work through it and see if he can bounce back. But at the same time, by leaving McCullers in there and, and leaving him in there to give up three more runs and get, and continue to just flat out, get his ass kicked. Uh, that's not doing any favors for Lance McCullers and his confidence if McCullers does indeed end up pitching again in this series. No, and I think I think that's a fair point. I think that he could certainly potentially go into this next game shaking in his boots a little bit, like, oh my gosh, I have to go up against this offense again. What do I yeah. do? Um but right. you know, at the at the same time, Dusty Baker is is Dusty Baker and I am who am I to judge what Dusty Baker does because he's one of one of, if not one of the best managers of this era, 
especially during his tenure with the with the Astros. So who am I to to judge what Dusty Baker decides to do with his pitchers? Fair enough. Um, I guess he, yeah, I suppose he gets, I suppose he gets a pass, uh, because he's Dusty Baker. I mean, you know, we're talking about Dusty Baker here. We're not talking about Grady Little. Um, yeah, Grady, Grady Little reference for the win. Um, I still have nightmares about that game, by the way. Uh, no, so... You know, leave him in, take him out, whatever. It didn't, you know, it, it didn't end up in the grand scheme of things. But Carson, I will be very interested to see if Lance McCullers does end up pitching again in this series. I will be very, very interested to see how how he handles that and whether or not he can, you know, bounce back from getting, you know, knocked around uh by the Phillies in yeah, in it'll Andrew. certainly it would certainly be interesting to watch. But in all honesty, I I don't I don't think he'll have a huge issue bouncing back. I mean, he's way too good a pitcher to be pitching to be pitching like that. And after seeing potentially that he was tipping his pitches, there's no doubt he's going to try and change something up so that doesn't happen again if he pitches. Right. Yeah, and I mean. This might all be a moot point. He might not pitch again at all. So, um, yeah, I mean, he is. Yeah, I mean, McCullers, I got to give credit where credit's due. McCullers is a hell of a pitcher. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm sure that he's already been working with the with the Astros, uh, you know, coaching staff to uh, to work on his, you know, mechanics so that um He's not tipping his pitches anymore. Um, yeah, so we kind of got off on a sidetrack there, but we were talking about the Phillies' offense, how they went from scorching red hot to ice, ice cold. I don't even. I I I, did, I, I have no explanation for that whatsoever. I mean, I suppose we have to give. I will grudgingly give credit to the Astros pitching staff for holding that Phillies lineup in check uh, in game four. But um, Carson, it appears at least if you go by, if we go by the, uh, <laughs> oh man, Kyle Schwarber, what a, this guy is just a gem. Um, he, they asked him about this, you know, about the combined no hitter and the shutout and everything after game four and he basically, I mean, he, he pretty much, he was like, yeah, combine ho, no, no hitter. That's cute. You know, I don't give a shit. Um, I mean, I think, I think if you're the Phillies, that's the attitude you have to have. Okay. This really sucked. You know, we, we didn't have it tonight. Uh, we just gotta, we just gotta flush it and forget about it. And Yep, Move absolutely. I think I think that's the attitude you got to have because otherwise, if you if you start to get in your head about that, the Astros are going to take you down, and this series is going to be over. Um, I mean, if you're the Phillies, you got to yeah. try and keep a keep a steady mind. You know, it's hard. I think it's harder, especially after having an offensively dominant performance like they did, to go from that to go to a no hitter. Um, it's certainly, I think that's yeah. going to be a little bit harder for them to overcome in terms of that aspect. But, but that being said, 
this offense is still way too good to, to have offensive struggles for that prolonged period of time. They're going to be able to figure something out again. They're going to come out yeah. with the bat swinging, and Justin Verlander better bring his A game for the sake of him and the Astros at this point. Uh, yeah, we'll look at. We'll talk more about Verlander here in a minute. Um, maybe it's just me, but I I feel like if there's any team in baseball uh, that can that can bounce back, that has the resiliency and the kind of the we just don't give a fuck attitude uh, needed to rebound from that. It's the Phillies. I mean, Carson, they've done it all year. I mean, look at look at the way they started the season. They started off, you know, they got off to a rough start uh, at the beginning of the season. Um, they their manager got fired, which you know turned out to be a, turned out to be a good move. But I mean, there was no way of knowing that at the time. Uh, they get off to the bad start. They to the bad start. Their manager gets fired. I mean, they could have just as easily packed it in, but they didn't. Uh, they they worked their tails off. They fought back, and and here they are, uh, two wins away from winning the World yeah, Series. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, like we expected. This is a heck of a World Series, and like you said, this is this is a Phillies team that has had this mentality all year long of kind of being the underdogs, being counted out, especially after circumstances like that. And something tells me that they're going to come out with the bat swinging and we're going to have quite the game five on our hands. Yeah. Uh, before we talk about game five, one thing I noticed um, that I remember that you you talked about uh, before the series even started, you, we were talking about the Phillies and you said that uh, one of the keys for the Phillies was to, you know, kind of sit back at the plate and be patient and not go up there hacking at everything. And so far, so far, so good. They've they've done that. They've managed to kind of stay back a little bit and and be patient at the plate with these Astros pitchers. Um, and so, I mean, I I got to give props where props are due. Uh, to my illustrious co-host, well, he, I don't he nailed mean to it. Brag, but I suppose I did a little bit. It's it's nice to know that apparently I have the same mindset as a World Series uh, manager. That's pretty cool. There you go. Um, that hey, maybe maybe someday Carson will be managing <laughs> uh, in the major leagues. Uh, who knows? Um, all right, let's talk about game five. Uh, and oh, by the way, that's, that's better insight than some of the, uh, quote unquote experts. Uh, I won't mention any names. Um, but I think most of you probably know who I'm talking about. Oh, sorry. Sorry about that. Um, all right, let's talk about game five. We've got Noah Syndergaard going for the Phillies. Uh, he's got a 1.69 ERA so far in the playoffs against the man with the albatross around his neck, uh, Justin Verlander, uh, who is still winless in the World Series all time. Um, I think he's 
like zero and six or something with a with a pretty hefty ERA. Um, Syndergaard only expected to pitch three or four innings, but uh, the Phillies have full use of their bullpen because uh, of the off day on Friday, the travel day on Friday. So uh, the Phillies can the Phillies can throw everything they've got out of that bullpen if they need to. Um, okay, let's let's talk about the elephant in the room. Let's talk about Justin Verlander. Um, Carson, I, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious at this point. Justin Verlander has not been able to get it done in the World Series. Um, understatement of the century incoming. Justin Verlander needs to get his shit together in Game 5, or the Astros are going home down 3-2. The crazy part is two. he could not be pitching at a better time as far as momentum-wise. You are coming off of a hmm. game where you have no-hit the Philadelphia Phillies after a game where you got absolutely walloped offensively and then you go out and no hit the Phillies. You got an off day before you pitch. Like he literally is coming into the perfect, perfect situation. And if he doesn't pitch well here, I'm scared that world series Verlander is going to be on the same level of, of more playoff Kershaw. And that's not Playoff a place Kershaw. you want to be in. <laughs> nope. Because uh, at this point, Justin Verlander is on the brink of being mentioned in the same breath as Playoff Kershaw mm-hmm. and Playoff David Price. Um, and that's definitely company you do not want to be in if you're Justin Verlander. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Verlander, he's, I mean, everything is perfectly set up for him. Uh, I saw earlier that Dusty Baker, you know, they asked him, hey, is Verlander on a short leash? Um, He said, no, he's not on any leash. He's Justin Verlander. Again, far be it from me to question Dusty Baker, Carson, but I'm not, I don't, I don't agree with the no leash thing. I think if Verlander goes out there tonight and, and and gets off to a rocky start, you know, gives up some early runs. Um, I think you have to think about putting him on a I short leash. I think that conversation could certainly be had, but at the at the same time, Dusty Baker is absolutely right. He's Justin Verlander. Like you, you're expecting him to at one point figure this out. And you know, for for Verlander too, just from a just from a psychological standpoint, think about how much that probably means to him that his manager still has confidence in him and is saying, hey, mm. you go out and you be the dominant pitcher that I know you are. Don't worry about having a short leash or anything like that. That's got to fill mm. him up with so much confidence. I don't know, man. I'm all for having confidence just us in Verlander, but this is, this is the key game of this World Series. If Verlander goes out there, and and gets his ass kicked again. Uh, the, I mean, this thing is, you know, this thing is all but over for the Astros. Um, I'm all for having confidence in Justin Verlander, and I appreciate Dusty Baker. You know, I appreciate what he said. You know, he's saying the right things. You know, no, he's Justin Verlander. He's not on a leash. But if Verlander goes out there and gets off, you know, if the Phillies jump all over Verlander in the first couple innings, I mean, you. This isn't a uh, 
damn, I forgot. I, w- I had something really clever to say there. Um, but the, I mean, if Verlander goes out there, Justin Verlander goes out there and the Phillies jump all over him in the first couple innings, you, you can't just you can't just leave him out there to get his ass kicked. The Astros need to win this yeah, game. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly a good point. Like, But at the same time, you know, this is a must-win game for both teams. And you're going to put out the guy who you think gives you the best chance to win. And if that's for Dusty Baker is still Justin Verlander, then you put him out there, you let him you let him pitch, give him some confidence, and just see what he can do because, you know, at the end of the day, like you said, both sides, this is a must-win game. Like, whoever wins this is a game up in the World Series. So I, if you think that Justin Verlander can still put you in that position, I don't. I'd, I'd put Justin Verlander out there if that's what I thought was best for my team. That's what Dusty Baker thinks. So here we go. Let's see what happens. You know, there's that saying about, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. I, I mean, this is like the embodiment of that. Um, just to be clear, before before all you Verlander fans uh, pile on me too hard, too badly, um, I'm not rooting against Justin Verlander by any means. Verlander is, he's always been one of my favorite players. Uh, he's a stand-up guy. He's a hell of a baseball player. He's one of the, you know, one of the best to ever, you know, to ever take the mound. I'm not rooting against him. I just, I mean, 0-6 all time in the World Series, Carson. I mean, that, I don't care who you are. That has to weigh on you. And that's got to be weighing on him when he, when he goes out there. Yeah, no uh, doubt. It's take the mound obviously for something five. that, you know, it's a, it's a monkey on the back, right? Like. The old saying, you know, it's nice to get that monkey off my back. Yeah. The World Series is, at this point, a gorilla on the back of Justin Berlander. Um, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, <laughs> so at this point, I think Verlander is going in with a sense of urgency of wanting to get this off his back, maybe a little bit of cautiousness. But at the end of the day, he's still Justin Verlander. And if Dustin mm-hmm. Baker feels like that's the guy he wants to go with. Yeah. Who am I to question question it? Because Justin Verlander is one of the best pitchers we've probably ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Fair point. Um, so Noah Syndergaard, uh, we mentioned, is going for the Phillies. Um, only expected to go three or four innings. Um I like the decision to go with Syndergaard. Um, once again, Rob Thompson proves that uh, he's uh, proves himself. Proves that he's he's making the right moves for the Phillies. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'll take three or four innings out of Noah Syndergaard over you know over you know a lot of other over yeah, most other I pitchers. Think, I think Syndergaard is. You know, having Syndergaard be the guy for this game is a very brave choice, if I'm being honest. I think I would have thought I would have probably gone with Aaron Nola myself, but at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, I do understand why you want mm. to go with Syndergaard. Mm. Um, but just for for me, I would have rather gone personally with Aaron Nola because that's my ace, that's my guy. 
right? But then I think, and I mean, we could debate this ad nauseum, but then I think you get into the, uh, you get into, okay, if Aaron Noah goes in game five, uh, then you run into the problem of, well, I mean, okay, hypothetical, you could go Noah in game five and Zach Wheeler in game six, but then if this thing goes the distance, uh, game seven, you're, you're, you've game used seven, your two aces already. I'm, I'm very comfortable okay. putting Noah Syndergaard in game yeah, seven. I can see that. But I, I think you you make a good point about uh, I personally I would have gone I probably would go Zach Wheeler to, in game five um, because this is such a you know let's not let's not worry about game seven let's worry about game five and then you know let's let's put our uh, let's put our you know our best you know because let's face it. Aaron Noah, Zach Wheeler, you know, they're one in one A in that Phillies rotation. They're both aces. You've got two aces in a five card deck. Um, I think go Zach Wheeler in game five because, you know, focus, do give, give yourself your, the best chance to win game five with, with either Wheeler or Nola and then go, you know, say Wheeler goes tonight and then you go Nola game six or vice versa. Um, but I, do you think maybe Rob Thompson knows something about, you know, Rob Thompson must know something that we don't know. And that's yeah, why he decided I mean, to go no Syndergaard. Like, like I said, I certainly understand the decision to go with Syndergaard. Like, like you, like you said at the very beginning of this, Syndergaard's ERA this postseason is very impressive. And he's looking like prime Mets Syndergaard again, which is a, very thought, quite frankly. Um, so totally, yeah. totally understand his decision-making there. Um, and at the same time, I think he almost is a little bit looking forward to a Game 7 and thinking, hey, like you said, I got two aces in a five-card deck. I could either go I could go Zach Wheeler Game 6, Aaron Nola in a potential Game 7. I could go Aaron Nola in a potential Game 6 and Zach Wheeler in a potential Game 7. Like, there are so many different ways that he could play this. It's like he's working. Yeah. He's like Scrooge McDuck, and he's diving into the vat of gold coins when it comes to his pitching. <laughs> All right. And the other, the other, the other way you could go with this. Okay, so Cindergard starts. You know, you get four. You get four good innings out of Cindergard. Uh, there's nothing that says you can't bring Aaron Nola or Zach Wheeler that out of the bullpen. That is a very interesting thought. I would be a little cautious in doing that personally. Um, one of those guys I think I would want to save for sure for a potential potential Game 7 or even to start them in Game 6. But I think that that's an avenue that can be explored. Well, yeah, but... If you say say you bring Aaron Noel out of the pen in Game Five, you know, uh, you still have Zach Wheeler for Game Six, and call me crazy or whatever, but I'm not even Game Seven isn't even on my radar. I'm think if I'm Rob Thompson, I'm thinking okay, 
I've got to, we've got to give ourselves the best chance possible. We have to, we have to do everything we can to win game five. Uh, and I think the best chance to win game five is to either bring Nola or Wheeler out of the pen. And I think, I mean, that's a, that's a coin flip for me. That's a coin toss. Um, Cause they're both, you know, like I said, they're both aces. I say, I say, I say, fuck it, and I go, all right, all right, you know, Syndergaard gets us four good innings, and then I'm bringing Wheeler and Nola out of the pen. Um, a la Alex Cora bringing Chris Sale into game five of the 2018 World Series. Uh, you know, that kind of, because, I mean, you have to, you have to win game five. Have to, have to. Losing game five... Uh, well, I do see your point on this. Imagine this scenario, though. You bring out Aaron Nola, right? Like <laughs> you, you get three or four solid innings from from Nova Spindard. You bring Aaron Nola out, and Aaron Nola gets absolutely schlacked. Then what? Mm-hmm. I mean, what's well, the likelihood of and, that happening? And you're, and you're not necessarily wrong, but <laughs> I mean, if that does I happen, mean, you're looking and say the Phillies end up losing Game Five, winning Game Six, going into a Game Seven, where you're looking at potentially starting Aaron Nola. I'm a little bit hesitant to do that if he goes out into the bullpen and gets lit up. I mean, what if Wheeler starts? You'd still have Zach Wheeler for Game Seven at that point. Game six, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I would go. Yeah, that's tricky. I mean, you still have, uh, you still have Suarez who can go in game seven. Who, if he even comes close to his performance from game three, uh, you know, you're in good shape. But I don't know. Lots of lots of questions. Lots of what ifs. Um, Lots of lots of uh, moving parts, obviously for for both teams. Um, so let's just let's just call it. Let's just game five picks. Um, I'm going. I'm going Phillies. Um, I think. I think Cindergard. I think Cindergard go goes out them goes out there and gets them. You know, four maybe five solid innings. Um, I don't see a scenario in which the Phillies offense uh, sputters like it did in game four. Um, I don't know if they're going to go out and hit five home runs again. Probably not, uh, considering you got Verlander going on the other side. Um, I think it's a close game, but I think the Phillies get the job done and go uh, go back to Houston up 3-2 uh, with one of their aces uh I am also going to go, go with six. the with the Phillies, but I think we see a much better performance out of Justin Verlander. Um, I don't think I don't think it's a winning performance, but I think it's a better Let's performance so. nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, and who knows? We could see Verlander. You know, if this thing does go seven games, we could see Verlander in Game Seven on short rest. Um, so, uh, again, a lot, just a lot of moving parts, a lot going on. 
Um, of course, that game five is is well, it's tonight for us. Uh, by the time you guys listen to this, it'll it'll already have happened, and hopefully the Phillies are going back to Houston up three two. Um, we're gonna play buy or sell in a minute. Let's talk Gold Glove winners real quick. Uh, we kind of you know we've sort of already beat this to death. Um, but Carson, there were some. <laughs> There were some interesting choices for the Gold Glove winners. Um, Let's start with the National League. The two that really jump out to me. uh, I mean, the the I mean, right off the right off the bat, uh, the first base, the Gold Glove, uh, Christian Walker of the D backs. I'm sorry. How did Paul Goldschmidt? Not yeah, I am. Uh, I'm quite surprised by this one. That was that was the one that my eyes darted to right away as well. Just thinking, like, wait a minute, what? What? Um, don't get me wrong. Christian Walker had a fantastic year in Arizona, yeah. but but I mean, like we've been saying it basically since the half halfway point that Paul Goldschmidt has been better on the defensive side than he was on the offensive side this season. So. That was uh, that was particularly puzzling for me. Yep. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, Walker becomes the second uh, D-backs first baseman to win the Gold Glove, joining Paul Goldschmidt. That's kind of ironic. Um, the other one that really jumped out at me. Uh, well, actually, there's a couple more that jumped out at me in the that. Uh, kind of made me scratch my head in the National League. Um, second base went to Brendan Rodgers of the Rockies. Uh, I'm sorry, um, but that I mean, if I'm if I'm casting a vote for the second base Gold Glove yeah, in the I National League, I'm going Jake Cronenworth. With, uh, this Rodgers selection as well. Um, you know, it's it's also hard though, like with Walker and Rodgers both. It's it's hard to say. Oh, I'm so surprised, but also their teams weren't that good, so it's it's obviously congratulations to these guys for mm. winning Gold Gloves. But it's just kind of a bummer that more of us didn't really see them play because let's let's be honest, their teams both sucked. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean another. <laughs> I mean, you could even, yeah, that, I don't know, that one. Uh, but the biggest head-scratcher of all was at shortstop. Um, Dansby Swanson won the gold glove for shortstop. Uh, no. Hassan Kim is your gold glove shortstop at, at in the National League. Dansby Swanson, I don't know. I, 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 I watched him a few times this year, and... Carson Dansby Swanson just didn't. It did seem like, like he had Dansby a little bit of a downer year. year um, granted, he still did have some very nice defensive statistics, but yeah, I would agree. He he just didn't really look the same. Um, I mean, if there was a time to to put it on Ha Song Kim, it would have been this year, seeing as he was replacing Fernando Tatis Jr. and all of all of that with that whole fiasco this season. Um. But nonetheless, you know, Dansby Swanson yeah. clearly did enough to uh, 
to earn a gold glove once again this season, and good for him, I suppose. Yeah, uh, I can't say enough good things about Hassan Kim. I mean, he came into a he came into a damn near impossible situation. Uh, initially, obviously taking over for the injured Fernando Tatis Jr. and then uh, staying on in that role after Tatis got suspended. Um, and I've said it before. Uh, I think the Padres move on from Tatis this winter and Hassan Kim becomes the everyday shortstop um, because he just came in and, and really impressed. Um, the other National League picks, catcher JT Romuto, the Phillies. No problem there. Um, first and second and shortstop, we already talked about. Third base, Nolan Arenado, solid pick. Uh, left field, Ian Happ. Yep. Center field, Trent Grisham of the Padres. Yep. And right field, Mookie Betts. Not really any... The rest of the National League gold glove yeah, picks... Not, uh, not a whole lot of problems. They the all National look good League to me. Other than, other than those couple. I mean, obviously all well-deserved uh, by by everybody, not just the ones that we agree with. Um, so, yeah. No, no real big other problems in the National League. Yeah. Uh, the American League, I don't have as many, um, well, the big one for me in the American League is catcher. Uh, Jose Trevino of the Yankees got the gold glove nod. Um, did the, whoever votes for this I thing, mean, did they forget about Cal honestly, Raleigh? I don't have a huge problem with this one. Jose Trevino did have an excellent season behind the plate, um, for yeah. the Yankees. So I personally don't have a huge problem with this one. Um, but I do understand how, how the fact that, um, you know, Cal Raleigh did have an incredible season for the Mariners. So I, I do see why you are upset about this one. I don't know. Maybe it's just my anti anti Yankees bias showing, um, first base, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Solid pick second base, uh, Carson's best friend, Andres Jimenez. Uh, Carson's been the is the president of the Andres Jimenez fan club. Um, well, well deserved by Andres Jimenez. Shortstop Jeremy Pena of the Astros. Um, the shortstop. I mean, Jeremy Pena obviously had a you know Jeremy Pena had a fantastic season defensively. Um, he's been a big part of that Astros team. But no, no love for no love yeah, for Xander Bogarts or Carlos bias, Correa. Call it whatever you want. How do you? How can you sit here and tell me that Carlos Correa <laughs> did not deserve a Gold Glove this year? It just, I, oh, I'm I'm not even I'm not even going to go yeah. there because I could rant about this all day. But this is very upsetting. <laughs> Yeah, I could go. I would. I would be okay with. I would be okay with Bogarts or Correa. Um, no, no disrespect to Jeremy Pena, but uh, uh, yeah, I just no. I just don't see. I just don't see that uh, he had a better year defensively than Bogarts and Correa. Um, third base, Ramon Urias of the Orioles. No problem there. Um, 
outfields, uh, left field, Stephen Kwan of the Guardians. Center field, Miles Straw, also of the Guardians. Uh, right field, Kyle Tucker of the Astros. Um, at the risk of sounding anti-Astros biased. Oh, wait, that's right. I am anti-Astros. Um, no, I, I, I don't know. I, I think I might have gone. I would have either gone Jackie Bradley Jr. or maybe even Max Kepler. Well, I appreciate uh, the Max Kepler at right love. Field. Um, honestly, I don't have a huge problem with, with Kyle Tucker. Um, <laughs> I, I had kind of said that, um, you know, it was probably 1A, 1B for me as far as Tucker and uh, Kepler because Kepler, as bad as he was at the plate, which, my God, he was horrendous. Um, he was he was really good defensively. So um, at the end of the day, honestly, for me, I have no huge problems with Kyle Tucker. Yeah. Also a phenomenal defensive right fielder. Uh, more love for the Guardians at pitcher. Shane Bieber gets the nod. Love it. Uh, and utility player goes to utility player goes to DJ LeMahieu. Um, I, I said it before. I didn't know. I didn't even know DJ LeMahieu was still playing. Um, utility Carson. I think I might yeah, have gone I've with Merrifield at utility. Problem here. Um. And by little problem, I mean, <laughs> now this is granted not just because we're talking about utility, um, but can someone please explain to me how on earth Louisa Rise did not win either first base or utility? Like, can can somebody explain that to mm, me? Because mm-hmm. I don't get it. Um, again, call it bias, yeah. call it whatever you want. But to me, he was deserving of a gold glove nope. this year, period. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, Arise definitely had a gold glove caliber season. Um, I think, yeah, you could have you could have gone loose Arise at first or, or utility. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, again, I don't know who... I don't know who votes for these things. I don't know if they're the, uh, you know, if it's like the Hall of Fame and, you know, there's like a, uh, you know, sports writers or or who, but um, they need their heads examined, whoever they are, because some of those picks are just um, absolutely just ridiculous. Um, On a positive note uh, for the Gold Glove winner this year, winners this year, 14 first time winners. Um, which I think is really cool, Carson, because I think that really speaks to the, you know, yeah, some absolutely. of the young and, and up and coming uh, talent. Good amount of, good amount of rookies, baseball. I think, this season as well. So, um, really, really says a lot about the the young talent that we have coming coming through the league and coming into the system. Yeah, um, I thought that was I thought that was pretty cool. Um, that there were so many first-time winners. All right, let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll play by ourselves. Oh, we've got some, we've got some goodies uh, in by ourselves. Um, and it's the return of the mailbag uh, here on the eighth inning stretch. You're listening to the eighth inning stretch, and uh, we'll be back in uh, just a minute. 
The Inning Stretch is proudly presented by Printer Dudes. Printer Dudes is your one-stop shop for unique 3D printed gifts and collectibles. From ducks to dinosaurs and everything in between, Printer Dudes has it all. Head on over to printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, to save 10% off your first order. That's Printer Dudes, D-O-O-D-S, the best 3D printed collectibles this side of home plate. Hey everybody, welcome back to the 8th Inning Stretch. Uh, it is time for my favorite part of the show, which is buy or sell. And boy, uh, do we have some doozies for you guys. Um, <laughs> let's just, oh man, this is going to be fun. Uh, let's just jump right into these. Uh, oh my god, <laughs> I can't stop, this is great. Um, <laughs> Carson, <laughs> buy or sell... <laughs> The Phillies putting Astros baseball cards in the urinals at Citizens Bank Park. I've never heard of a more Philadelphia thing in my life. Um, And I'm also buying it because that's absolutely hilarious. Do I even need to explain why I'm buying that? You know, I think the only way they could have topped this is by putting Astros cards on the trash cans around the stadium. Um, I think that might have been even that might have been even funnier. But oh hell yeah, I'm buying this. Are you kidding me? Uh, this is freaking hilarious. And yeah, this is um, sh- shout out to you, Philly. Um, because yeah, this is definitely a Philly move. Um, this uh, uh stirs up fond memories of the Yankees toilet paper. Um, that was popular years ago. Uh, yeah, this is awesome. Um, and anyone who doesn't think so, uh, get over it and get a sense of humor. Um, because it's not like something like this wouldn't be beneath, uh, the Astros. Um, all right. Uh, buy or sell Reese Hoskins wife, Jamie buying beers for 100 Phillies fans, uh, before game three. Absolutely. I'm buying this. Why wouldn't I buy somebody giving away free beer? Like that's amazing. Like, Shout shout out to her. That's no no better way to ingratiate yourselves to sports fans, AJ, than to buy a bunch yep. of beers. And uh, Jamie is certainly. Yep. Uh, if there's one way to a baseball fan's heart, it is with free beer. Yeah, of course I'm buying this. Uh, really, really cool move, by the way. Um, not that that kind of thing doesn't that kind of thing doesn't happen a lot. Um. So shout out to Jamie Hoskins for being cool and being, you know, hanging out, you know, actually out and about hanging out with the fans uh, instead of, you know, being tucked away in some stuffy uh, luxury suite. Yeah, that that's cool. Um, by yourself, there's more pressure on Houston than on Philadelphia to win game five. I'm going to sell this. Um, I think that there is absolutely pressure on Philadelphia to win this game, especially after after the circumstances of the combined no-hitter uh, on the heels of absolutely slaughtering the Astros offensively mm-hmm. in Game 3. Um, I think there is more pressure on Justin mm-hmm. Verlander, certainly. Um, but as far as the Astros as a team, I I'm selling this. I think there's more pressure on the Phillies. Uh, no, I'm actually going to buy this. Um, one, there's more. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's more pressure on Justin Verlander than 
maybe anybody on that Astros team. But I think there's more pressure on Houston because, I mean, regardless of how you feel about the Houston Astros, I mean, I think it's fair to say, you know, the Astros were were expected to make it this far. The Astros are expected to be in the World Series. They're expected to compete for championships um, because they've been, you know, I mean, they are who they are. They're the Astros. Uh, the Phillies, on the other hand, nobody expected it to be there for them to get this far. They've been underdogs all year. Uh, Carson, the Phillies are playing with house money. Uh, this is this all the pressure is squarely on the Houston Astros because if if the Phillies, I'm not saying this will happen. If the Phillies lose the series, yeah, as much as that'll suck, every you can kind of look at it and go, you know, well, hey, that was a hell of a run. Nobody expected them to get to the World Series. Nobody expected them to put up a fight against the Astros. If the Astros lose this series, uh, I think we're having the conversation of the Astros being mentioned in the same breath as the Buffalo Bills. Ooh, or the New York Yankees, for that matter. Um, But, ooh, I don't know. That's... Ooh... Because that, I think that conversation comes down to: Are you essentially are you an Astros mm-hmm. fan or not? Because to baseball fans in general, uh, the 2017 World mm-hmm. Series is very much tainted. Um, and unlike the Buffalo Bills, they have at least <laughs> technically, technically won a championship. As many asterisks, as many asterisks as that championship mm-hmm. may hold. Um, it's still technically a championship win, so that's but, ooh, that's. I don't know about that. That might be a little bit not of a hot take. When have I ever shied away from hot takes? Um, but that yeah, that's true. Yeah, they technically won twenty seventeen, but uh, if they don't win this year, I think you can make the argument that they're. How do I want to put this? They're still lacking a, you know, a legit, a legitimate championship. I would agree. That is, that is absolutely true. Um, yeah, I think, I think you could certainly start having that converse, that conversation after this year of potential blown dynasty. But um, I don't know if I'm certain if I'm ready to classify them in the same, uh, as that, those Buffalo bills teams. I mean, I guess we'll see what happens, uh, in these next few games, but, um, that sound you hear is the Astros, uh, choking in the world series. Um, well, maybe choking in this year, but they certainly, you know, they couldn't get the, they lost in the ALCS in 2018. They lost in the World Series in 2019. They lost in the series last year. Uh, this would be their. This would be their th- third. No, let's see. They lost 2019. They lost 2021. This would be their third. Uh, their third loss in the World Series in the last, you know, in the last what five years? That's uh. Okay, maybe the Buffalo Bills thing was a little much, but I think you kind of have to start having that conversation. Um, All right, last but not least, uh, buy or sell uh, the Phillies wearing their powder blue jerseys. 
for Game 5. They're bringing back the Mike Schmidt look. Um, <laughs> I, obviously, like, these jerseys are great. I almost want to buy one because they legitimately yeah. buy one because they look so fantastic. Yeah, buy buying this also. Ball. The Phillies, the powder blue jerseys are, are they're slick. Um, and I think it's a fitting, you know, this is, uh, you know, regardless of what happens for the rest of the series, this is the last Phillies home game of the season. Um, and yeah, I mean, why not? Just, just go all out. They're bringing back the, you know, bring back the Mike Schmidt and the, you know, and the Pete Rose look. Um, yeah, this is, this is awesome. How, how could you not buy this? Uh, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the return of the mailbag. Uh, we haven't um, haven't gotten to the haven't done the mailbag in a little while because there's been so much other stuff to talk about. But we have time for a couple of questions today, so let's start with uh, uh, our first question from Tim from Texas. But judging by this question, I'm assuming is an Astros fan, and hopefully, Tim, hopefully you're one of the good ones. Um, uh, well, he listens to this That's show. Fair. Of course he is. Um, yeah, because we know all those other a-holes don't listen to this. Um, don't listen to the show. Uh, Tim wants to know, do you guys think Verlander will finally get it done in a World Series game? It depends on how you define get it done. If If get it done means winning, I don't mm-hmm. think it happens this year. Um, but if getting it done means having a good performance, I think absolutely that happens here in game five. Yeah, I think, I think Verlander will have a better, well, it's hard to have a worse outing than he did his last time out. Um, when he coughed up that, you know, coughed up a five, nothing lead. Um, yeah, I think he has a. I don't even know. I don't even know if I would go as far to say that he has a Verlander-esque performance tonight because I don't even know. I think he has a decent game tonight. He has a good game tonight, uh, and and you know, goes you know, goes fairly deep into the game. You know, five six good innings. But no, I don't think he gets his first win in the World Series tonight. I don't think. Um, I think he he stays over. Um, and, uh, I think, I don't know what you, Carson, but I think if Verlander stays over in the world series, I think we gotta have, I think we gotta start having that conversation about putting him, uh, alongside the likes of playoff Kershaw and playoff David Price. Oh, if we do, that's just going to make me sad. I don't want to have that conversation. Nobody has wants to have that conversation. Uh, no, I mean, obviously it's, uh, it's cruel and unusual to be mentioned in the same breath as David Price, but, um, yeah, I mean, that would, that would really suck. Uh, cause Verlander's, you know, like I said before, Verlander has always been one of my favorites and as much as it kills me that he's playing for, that he plays for the Astros, um, you know, that would, yeah, that would, that would suck. Um, so let's let's hope he has a let's hope he has a good showing uh, in game five. All right. And then uh, last but not least, out of the mailbag, uh, Vicky from New Jersey uh, wants to know who is your World Series MVP for each team so far? Um, 
This is tough. Um, Phillies, I think, so far, the MVP for the Phillies. Um, I think you could go either. You could go Bryce Harper. You could go Kyle Schwarber, um, Reese Hoskins. I mean, take your pick. Um, and for the Astros, uh, I don't know. The Astros have kind of struggled on offense. Um, I think for the Astros, I think so far has to be uh, has to be Javier uh, for for getting the job done in a in a game that let's be honest had the Astros lost game four they would you know well I mean obviously they'd they'd be on the ropes yeah I would agree with um with both of those uh for me easily mm-hmm. it's Bryce Harper for the Phillies and easily right now it is Christian Javier uh for the Astros um both having stellar performances on their respective sides of the ball that they're excelling at. Um, I'm going to throw a dark horse in there simply because I can. Um, I think it would be hilarious if Nick Castellanos <laughs> won World Series MVP. Because again, AJ, like I said it in the last episode, he came up with another diving catch in the first inning yeah. of Game 3. I genuinely believe... I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was like Ricky Henderson, Byron Buxton. I don't know who he took it from, but he is secretly a monster. He got the baseball. He was able to sap up the defensive energy because he has just been diving all over yeah. the place in the playoffs. At this point, if a meteor is coming down to earth, send out Nick Castellanos. He's going to slide yeah. and make the save. Um, yeah. That would be, you know what? That would be that would be an awesome MVP pick. I would love to see a guy like Castellanos get it. Um, probably my my bias showing, but uh, if I had an MVP, you know, if I was gonna vote for an MVP, um, you know, if the Phillies win, I would I would. Yeah, I know Bryce Harper. I know, I know, I know, but I'd vote for my man Kyle Schwarber. Um, so. Uh, that's, that's just what it is. Um, must watch games. Duh. Obviously it's the world series. There is only one game on, um, game five. Well, tonight for us. And, uh, by the time you guys listen to this yesterday or whatever, um, just remember that there is an off day for the world series. There is an off day on Friday, a travel day as the teams go back to Houston. Um, my one last thing, I was originally going to go, uh, I was originally going to, going to go down, go off on a rant about, um, a certain, uh, professional basketball player, uh, who I think everybody knows who I'm talking about, um, giving us yet another example of how much of a terrible human being he is. Uh, but then, as luck would have it, I uh, I was scrolling through Twitter during the break and saw that today, uh, for us anyways, is the anniversary. I don't know. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention how many years it's been because it's gonna make me feel old. Um, but it is the anniversary of Doug Flutie's miraculous uh, last second hail mary against Miami, um, many 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 years ago uh, down there at the Orange Bowl. Um, just a, 
that's an absolutely incredible moment in sports history. Um, I think it's probably been forgotten, you know, due to how long it's been. But uh, that Miami team, that Miami team was a juggernaut. Um, they were, you know, uh, perennial uh, national championship contenders. Uh, the Boston College Eagles at the time, well, let's just say they weren't. Um, and Doug Flutie was a once-in-a-generation talent uh, who could go out there and 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 sling the pigskin like nobody else. Um, and he just uh, he just chucked and prayed, and somehow, some way, uh, the the his his receiver uh, whose name I'm forgetting, I'm sorry came down with it in the end zone and pulled off uh, what to me is still the greatest upset in the history of college football. Um, so shout out to Doug Flutie, shout out to the BC Eagles. Um, just a, just an awesome, awesome moment. And, uh, and, uh, and a pretty cool, um, just a cool, cool little anniversary. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm glad, though, that you decided to switch your final yeah, thoughts too. because I have thoughts on a certain Brooklyn oh. basketball player. Um, okay. Brace yourselves, as, ladies and gentlemen. As, it, as per usual, yes, this is not mm. about baseball, but I think it's way too important not to talk about this um, in case you have been living <laughs> under a rock. Uh, the certain the certain Brooklyn basketball player, uh, his name mm. is Kyrie Irving, um, otherwise known as the dude who plays basketball whenever he feels like it. Um, he recently posted a video to, mm. I believe it was his Twitter, um, that contained heavy, heavy anti-Semitic mm. messaging. Um this in the wake of Kanye West, of course, and his tweet of wanting to go DEFCON 3 on Jewish people. Um, uh, but Kanye is a different case entirely, and I can rant for hours about why I despise that man. Um, back, going back to Kyrie Irving specifically, the way that this has been handled by literally everyone has been horrific. Um... Kyrie wouldn't take questions about it at first, got combative when reporters tried to ask him about it, um, and then kind of made really a, not even an apology, just a, it's almost like if any of you have ever watched The Office, where Dwight opens up the piece of paper after he has to give an apology, and it literally just says, I state my regret. Um, that was pretty much what Kyrie Irving did, except worse somehow. Uh, because he didn't outright say that he was apologizing. He basically said that the video may have um, had some things in it that were upsetting. Um, and then kind of tried to change the subject to it being about uh, race more than him posting this video that hurt the Jewish community. Um, the NBA... Adam Silver has released a statement and said basically he's going to meet with Kyrie later on this week in person to discuss it. The Nets haven't really done anything. Basically, Kyrie's been held out of media sessions now. Um, everybody in this situation are cowards. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets especially. 
you you take away Kyrie Irving from media from media availability and you think that's going to make the problem go away it won't um your organization is a mess already in general anyway so you know way to way to really keep up that reputation um NBA I don't understand why this guy has wasn't suspended mm. yesterday um I I understand Adam Silver wanting to meet with him in person and hopefully having a come to Jesus meeting with him, but I don't know if that's going to work because we've seen the Kyrie Irving at this point just does what he wants. Um, and Kyrie Irving, like AJ said, just another example of how horrific seemingly of a human being he is. Um, didn't really apologize. Even said may have had, an upsetting effect when it when it very much did and was very much anti-Semitic, um, and for for me, I'm I'm done with him. He is just an absolute scumbag. Um, the the Nets are cowards, and I don't want to see this guy play basketball ever again. Well, I'm glad one of us uh, I'm glad one of us talked about this um, because it it definitely needs talking about. I mean, with everything. With everything else going on and all the other, um, all the other, uh, all the other crap going on and all the other stuff that's out there, um, you know, not to get too preachy or anything, but we don't need any more of that. Uh, we need, we need more voices that are, uh, we don't need any more voices like Kyrie Irving contributing to this, um, contributing to this problem um my i don't know for sure obviously but carson my guess my 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 theory is that adam silver uh that we are going to see a suspension from the nba um because i don't think adam i don't think Kyrie is going to sit down with adam silver and suddenly you know uh you know see the light as it were um also, just to build on this, you talked about the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, talk about, I mean, last year with the Kyrie and and the vaccine and his, you know, anti-vax BS. Uh, this year with this thing, and also, uh, rumor has it that the Brooklyn Nets are going to hire a disgraced former Celtics coach Ma Udoka, uh, who was suspended for having an inappropriate relationship. Uh, with a with a female staffer with the Celtics, um, Carson. I don't know what the hell is going on in Brooklyn, but uh, these idiots are disgracing the Brooklyn Nets. They're disgracing the people of Brooklyn, um, and and disgracing humanity in general. Yeah i I genuinely don't even know what to say. Um. The, the Brooklyn Nets, it seems like ever since Kyrie and Kevin Durant have gotten there, um, have just kind of fallen apart. And I don't think that that's a coincidence. Yeah, for sure. Um, which is really too bad because uh, Brooklyn Brooklyn is a Brooklyn is an awesome place. Um, it's an awesome, you know, it's an awesome place with awesome people. Um, and it's just it's just too bad. Um, anyways, 
now that we've uh, now that we've upset all the knuckleheads who complain that when we talk about non-baseball stuff, well, you know what? You're just going to have to deal with it because sometimes there are things more important than baseball. Um, and this is one of those times. Um, that's all we got for you guys. Uh, if you haven't already, uh, make sure you vote. Um, election day is next Tuesday. Uh, hopefully you've, uh, you live and, and have, you know, live somewhere where you've gotten your ballot in the mail and have already sent it in. If you haven't, uh, make sure you mail it in or at this point, um, drop it off at, at the nearest Dropbox. Um, don't think I need to say much more about that, about how important that is. Um, but it's really, really freaking important. Um, we're probably getting down to our, well, let's see tonight's game five off day tomorrow, game six on Saturday and game seven on Sunday. So depending on what happens this weekend, uh, Carson, uh, Monday's actually, it doesn't matter what happens this weekend. Um, it is officially official Monday. Uh, Monday's episode will be our, uh, no, wait. If the world, if this thing goes seven games, uh, we'll have two more episodes, but if this thing wraps up Saturday, um, Monday, Monday will be our last episode of the season. Yeah, that's pretty wild to think about. So, um, I guess to whoever wins game five, please let the other team win game six. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, as much as I would, as exciting as seven games would be, if the Phillies win game five, uh, please just wrap it up in game six. Um, don't don't give the Astros another crack at this thing. Just just get the job done in game six. Um. Again, we'll save our our big sappy end of the season speeches for our last episode of the season. Um, you can obviously you can of course listen to us on Spotify, which you're probably doing based on our based on our uh, our metrics. Most of you are listening on Spotify, but you can also get us on any uh, anywhere else you get your podcast by going to anchor.fm slash eighth inning stretch. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter for all the latest at eighth inning pod. Uh, and if you are following us on Twitter already, thank you. If you're not, um, get on that. Uh, but in either case, uh, take a second and click that little bell so you make sure you get all the latest from us uh, because we all know how um, unique the Twitter algorithm is. Yeah, unique. That's good. Uh, and of course, don't forget to check out our awesome sponsors, our Printer Dudes. Uh, you can check them out at printerdudes.etsy.com for their collection of 3d printed gifts and collectibles um in case you hadn't noticed the holidays are right around the corner so get your christmas shopping done early at printer dudes uh you can check them out at printerdudes.se.com and as a thank you for being a fan of the show you can use promo code home run that's one word and save 10 percent off your order uh that's printerdudes.se.com d-o-o-d-s uh, that's all we got for you guys. Everybody have an awesome weekend. Enjoy the baseball this weekend. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, 
And if the baseball guards are smiling down upon the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, the next time we talk to you, uh, we will be talking about the world champion uh, Philadelphia Phillies. Um, yeah, let's just hope we're not talking about the World Series champion Houston Astros. Um, yeah, anyways, everybody have an awesome weekend. And uh, we will talk to you guys on Monday.